Dalvin Cook's holding out for reasonable money. What exactly is reasonable money? Join GMG as we discuss Dalvin Cook, the happenings with the Vikings, and introduce a new guest, Mr. Rhino, Ryan Johnson, to you. Enjoy! Skull! episode because we have a guest, a friend from our group, Mr. Ryan Rhino Johnson. What up, boys? Ryan, you are, from, you are from Fargo, North yep. Dakota, eh? And we don't say that up here, though. <laughs> well, I know. I lived in Grand Forks. For I know you did. I know you did. But... You are also an avid fan of that putrid colored team down in Fargo, North Dakota State. Now, let's not go with the putrid color here. They had that color long before that team from Wisconsin. So those guys over there stole it from us. So don't okay. associate any way, shape, or form with that kind of stuff. You can't really talk shit about a football team that's lost four games in 20 years or whatever they've done. Well, yeah, well, we've won, we, true. We've no, won eight championships and lost eight games in the last 10 years. So yeah. They've been outstanding. And what I miss from being stationed in North Dakota for 14 years is the 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 game between the two teams, what they used to play, and they played for the Nickel Trophy. Yeah, which and, is not – or the, that rivalry is now coming back because UND moved into the Missouri Valley this starting this year. So awesome. now we have that game once a year, every year from here on out again. Now, who has the better hockey team, UND or oh, State? Yeah, UND North, by far. NDSU doesn't even have a hockey team. Oh, they don't? They've got a club team, and that's it. So, Maybe. But I, but as the T-shirt goes that you can buy around here, it says NDSU hockey undefeated since 1896. So. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this is a Viking show. So we're going to talk a little bit about Dalvin Cook. But first, Drew, how you doing? I'm doing meow, meow, you know me, just trying to get through. You know what? I remember when my mom used that expression, I'm going to slap you into next year. Remember that shit? Yep. Right now. Sign, sign wish, me up. I wish you would do it. Just go ahead. <laughs> slap me into next year, because this thing's a shithole. Uh, 2020's been crazy. Um, doing okay, just trying to get by and get things together here and uh, wanting to talk some football and just good to be here with you guys. I'm doing fine. Speaking of 2020 being crazy... <laughs> As many of our regular viewers were notice, will notice, we're missing the one and only Mr. Ted Glover. Well, Ted has hung up his keyboard, and he's no longer writing. He's had enough after about 15-plus years of blogging. And he's the one I blame for getting me into this business. Ted did an outstanding job. Ted has not abandoned Good Morning Gallahorn, however. He is, though concentrating on his fishing and his grandsons, which I have no problem with. And that's one of the reasons that we've invited Rhino onto this show tonight 
to talk about Dalvin Cook. So, what do you think of today's news that Dalvin Cook is going to hold out and not participate in any sort of events, any sort of program, until he gets a, quote, reasonable contract extension? Well, I mean, realistically, you know, it's it's a lot of lip service because if you look at the new wording in the uh, the CBA that just got passed here, uh, it states that if you do not participate in training camp activities and things like that, you do not accrue your year of service, which would make Cook a restricted free agent at the end of this year and not an unrestricted free agent, which, you know, that is huge when it comes to contracts because we can, you know, come with a, with a more team-friendly contract and put in the different things where, you know, somebody else resigns, you, you have them tendered with a, one or two first-round picks or whatever the highest tender is. So, I mean, realistically, Cook will be there at training camp, whether he's got a contract or not, I think. But, you know, the biggest issue is he, what, you, what you said, Dave, was reasonable. Okay, what are we talking reasonable? Is it reasonable in Cook's eyes? Is it reasonable in the Vikings' eyes? Is there a middle ground? I mean, you know, if you start looking at, you know, the current contracts out there, it's crazy what the running backs are getting, and most of the time afterwards you're getting buyer's remorse. I mean, right now McCaffrey's getting $16 million next year. Yes, but McCaffrey is <clears throat> a more well-rounded right. player. And he, and he doesn't have the injury history. Correct. McCaffrey will do over a thousand yards rushing, and he does a thousand yards receiving. He's uh, heavy into their playbook or as part of as a receiver, as much as a receiver as he is a running back. Dalvin Cook, even though he can catch the football and does well in space, God love him on screens and such. He's not that involved. He's not considered a receiver, even in the Kubiak offense, he doesn't get the 60 to 75 targets a year is what I'm saying. As weird as it may sound, McCaffrey's probably undervalued at $16 million a year. Well, because <laughs> he does guy's probably worth more. He's probably worth more. He's probably the only guy in the league that's underpaid at $16 million. I mean, what doesn't that guy do? He's well worth the money. Right. But you go back and look at some of these other contracts, too. You know, Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell. Oh, you know, yeah. Uh, David, the shell of David Johnson that uh, Arizona <laughs> fleeced Bill O'Brien out of to get, you know. What's get the rid minimum they can pay Cook, though? What I know he's not getting shit right now. He's still on the rookie deal, but. Hey, on his I rookie mean, deal, he's due a little over $2 million this year. on the fourth has, he at, has he just said team. reasonable, or has he actually had laid out a number that says, I need to be here before I'm going to play? I saw something that said he's look, you know, a starting point is McCaffrey money, no. which according to Courtney Cronin is Vikings. They're asking over McCaffrey money. You cannot pay a running back sixteen million dollars and then turn around and be paying Cousins thirty to thirty-five or Cousins numbers for the next on his three-year contract twenty-one million this year because they restructured it so that we could. Get everybody else under it. Next year, thirty-one million. Twenty twenty-two, forty-five million dollars. And if he's I'll on the roster Cousins. next year, it guarantees both those two years. Yes, and now with the word coming out, you know they're talking about with all the 
COVID and the no fan stuff that the salary cap could drop by $40 million. Or worse. Or at worse. They're saying at least $40 million. Right. Now, whether that – I don't know how they can do that, you know, just for 2021. I mean, I can see them spreading it out a little bit over a couple of years kind of a thing. But, I mean, if you drop but the salary that, cap 40 million bucks next year, we're in trouble. Yeah, and um, over the cap's already done some numbers. Or in, uh, Daily Norseman did the numbers looking at over the cap. Every team in the NFC North would be over the cap, along with I think it's 80% of the league would be over the cap going into next year. And with that, you've got to renegotiate some contracts or veterans are going to be released no matter what. Wait, if he said, if the reports came through and the ones I saw in the bottom ticker said holding out unless he gets a reasonable contract. Now, if he's asking for McCaffrey money, that's not reasonable. That's top dollar. So what? that's what I'm asking. What is the, that's not, that doesn't jive, those two statements. Well, you got to think, is it reasonable for Dalvin Cook or is it reasonable for the NFL? And he's quoting, re- he says reasonable, and we think that's for Dalvin Cook because his agent's saying more than McCaffrey. That's well, not reasonable for the NFL. No, it's absolutely not. But, I mean, you, you look at some of these numbers, you know, Gurley was getting $15 million before, the, <coughs> and the Rams got buyer's remorse and cut him. David Johnson, thirteen million. Le'Veon Bell, thirteen point one million. McCat or uh, you know Zeke down in Dallas, he's getting fifteen. So if you're looking at reasonable by an NFL standards, you're looking at thirteen to fifteen million dollars for him. And yeah, I just don't see how, I don't see how we can pay that. But that's crazy. If you look at Austin Eckler for the Chargers, he has better grades and is a better all-around running back. PFF wise, and I'm using PFF, and I know how Drew feels about PFF. Oh, for we just come on, guys. We just started the show. But he just signed his extension for little over six six point one two five million a year. Yeah, but nobody's going to confuse Austin Eckler with Dalvin Cook. They're just not. I mean, except for Eckler right. plays, what, he doesn't what, get whether. True, but whether P, you know whatever PFF uh, has, or as I like to call him, PFF'd up half the time. But you look. You, you know, look back it, it's, April. it's the eye test. You look at that draft. When it came to pick 22, not one running back was taken off the board, which means you get the pick of the litter. Anybody you want. Anybody. Any running back you want at 22. I'm not saying that's where we should have gone, but we discussed it. And the fact that we hadn't heard any grumblings about anything about Cook and the fact that they didn't draft a running back and the, they didn't take one at 22, they didn't even take one in their whole draft, makes you feel like they had a conversation with Cook. And Cook says, yeah, I'll go. I'll be here. Don't worry about it. Because now looking back, having the pick of the litter at running back position would probably be something you'd rethink if you wanted to run into this brick wall. Yep. I mean, that we've talked about that in the past, Dave. Our theory has always been use a running back when his rookie deals up, get the new rookie, his deals up, get a new guy, get a new guy, get a new guy. Don't even think about the second contract. Right. And that certainly would have been good. I wouldn't mind having Jonathan Taylor suiting up this year for the Vikings. Right. And Madison doing his thing. Yeah, right now, I mean, we got, yep, you know, say Cook holds out, which he's not going to because, I mean, he'll say it now and he won't do the OTAs and everything else. But when you get to the training camp, he's going to be there. Otherwise, he's not going to get his year. But, you know, it. 
don't know. It just it's frustrating I, for Vikings. It frustra- it, yes, it is. It, you're gonna run the play action. You're gonna scare defenses with Amir Abdullah compared to Cook. Come on. No. 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 No, no, absolutely not. I mean, that's part of why the play action works so good, even though some people think it's not correlated. It works <laughs> good because Cook, it works good right now because Cook is scary as shit. That's why, and with Cousins, you got to have a premier back back there. But you put Mike Boone back there, nothing against these guys, even Madison. It's not going to scare defenses the way that Delvin Cook, Cook scares does. defenses. Yeah. And that's somewhere that's got to work out. And plus, look at our quarterback, guys. I mean, if we had Russell Wilson, I wouldn't be really worried about who plays running back. You can put anybody back there you want. Go get well, anybody. I mean, that, but, that brings on the next thing here. Now, I mean, this bring is, in the next thing, Ray. Let's hear it. Whole different can of worms, but okay. You know, we're talking, and we've had this discussion pre-draft and everything else about, you know, where do we go next year if the wheels fall off this year? You know, is Spielman gone? Is Zimmer gone? You know, is do we blow the whole thing up? You know, and if that's the case, we could be bringing in somebody who's going to look and say, I don't want Cousins on this team. You know, Cousins doesn't fit what I want to do. I want a mobile quarterback. I want to be oh, able to do strange. this, you know. So that has to be done before the start of the league year. Because like you said earlier, Dave, if Cousins is on the roster once the league year starts, then his 2022 contract is also guaranteed, which mm-hmm. there again ties our hands. And I mean, you know, that's where you start looking at, you know, the uh, the guys that are coming out this year. You know, your Trevor Lawrence, which you're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to have a complete and total meltdown this year to be able to get him unless we mortgage the farm to move up to get him. You've got, you know, Justin Fields out of Ohio State. You've got Kellen Mond, or you've got my boy out of NDSU, potentially Trey Lance, Right. you know, who between passing and running, did 42 touchdowns last year and zero interceptions in 16 games and went undefeated. I watched, I watched a little footage on that guy the other day. He's not. He's pretty good. Yeah, he isn't he, bad. It, what, without Cook, I mean, I don't want to bring it back from 2021. We all kind of know. I mean, maybe the Vikings are even looking towards 2021 more than this year. Taking Cook out of the game equation for the Vikings, I want your guys' opinion on how much of a drop-off that is for the overall offensive scheme. Can they get it done with the committee, or is is Cook? I mean, play it all into it. Cousins is the quarterback, his style, offensive line, their style. Take Cook out of it and tell me if there's any drop-off in it. I want you guys' opinion. I mean, I, I think it's going to depend a lot on how the offensive line performs. I mean, if we get pass protection and stuff, we know that if things don't break down, Cousins is a good quarterback. You know, he can if he can stand back in the pocket and things go according to plan. I mean, the guy is money. He's got you know, he's accurate. He can throw the deep ball. He can do all this other stuff. It's when stuff starts breaking down that he falls apart. So if the offensive line is doing their job, you know, we can rotate more to the passing thing and kind of like we were talking before we started here. You know, the Kubiak offense in the past has been able to take no-name running backs, you know, undrafted free agents and later round guys and turn them into thousand-yard rushers, you know. So it's all going to boil down to the to the to off, how the offensive line performs, I think, with or without Cook. I mean, if we've got Cook and the offensive line is <clears throat> rolling, this could be a very dangerous offense. If the offensive line is even what it was last year and we don't have Cook, we're in for a long freaking season. 
Now, I think if good point by the if way, Ryan. Cook isn't there. The question is, how many wins would we get with Cook versus how many wins would we get without Cook? Now, I agree with Rhino that Kubiak's made basically no-name running backs into stars, right? And the offense still goes. Now, Dalvin Cook has the ability to cut and see openings that other running backs don't. Even Madison, Madison runs a different style. It's, styles are different. Um, Boone's a different style. Now, could we get that same production or enough that we're producing drives that last? You know, we expect things from Kirk Cousins to step up. We expect Adam Thielen to catch more balls. We expect Irv Smith Jr. I expect to catch a heck of a lot more balls. Um, We'll get more Rudolph in the red zone. And, of course, Justin Jefferson should be able to try to be an impactful rookie wide receiver. There's usually about one a year, right, maybe two, that do better than normal, right? And most normal for rookie wide receivers is 500 yards. Um, I suspect that he will. Now, the difference, you take all that receiving stuff, and then you throw in that occasional run, how much difference is it going to make? I don't think it's going to make a whole lot of difference, but it might cost us one or two games. And that one or two games may be the difference between winning the division and hosting playoffs versus getting in as a wild card. And I fully expect that we're going to win the division this year. I don't see the improvement on the other three teams that's going to state otherwise. Now, but everything can go to crap by week five, and everybody can be fired. Uh, as we you know, know you, which, talk, you talked about which ex- those, those teams we can't beat. Yes. Uh, the teams we can't beat that Drew's referring to is Green Bay and Chicago. I'm calling for the sweep of both those teams in 2020. I said that, I think, on the last show, and I say it again. Anyways, but right now we talk about extensions. Dalvin Cook is asking for this reasonable money more than McCaffrey, which I think is a choke. And he may settle for $13 million, which I still think is too much. I think $8 million is about right when we look at different contracts. Austin How many Eckler, years, though? How many years do you get this Cook going to want? I'd give him four. That would be reasonable. It still keeps him under 30 He's not going to play for that. I, I don't think he's going to make four. Fuck more no. Seven. No. But well, he's not I mean, going to play. He's not going to play for that money for four years. No, no. He, he's going to look at eight million dollars. He's going to laugh and turn around and walk out the door for at four years. Well, I have, I have confidence in what you guys just have said on the show. And by the way, very good knowledge. It's good to be back talking football knowledge. Uh, between Rhino talking about the scheme Kubiak runs and making chicken salad out of chicken shit, which he's done in the past with yes. what Orlandis Gary and all these guys. I don't even know who he had in the past. He did it with. Uh, the the uh, guy from Houston, mm-hmm. Foster, Arian Foster, yeah. Arian Foster. Well, hell, he, what... he, he turned uh, Terrell Davis from an undrafted free agent into a Hall of Famer. Famer. Yes. There you go. Two good. That's a great example, and that yes, that explains the piece really well. Um, between that and what Dave just said, uh, you're running back by committee, and we could do it. I think the one thing you are losing is the home run, the home Which run play. Be. 
Yeah. And that's a big deal. You know, you got AP and Robert Smith and even Michael Bennett, Chester mm-hmm. Taylor. You got when you got a guy behind the quarterback that can score when he touches it. Well, the home run, when you take the home run element out, I mean, I don't follow baseball, but every once in a while, you got to have a guy in your lineup that can clout the ball out of the park. If you have well, nothing but small ball, you're in. And I, I think if you take Dalvin Cook, as much as I respect the rest of the running back core on the Minnesota Vikings, they aren't home run hitters. And how many times have you seen Dalvin tearing off those 70-yard runs, man? You're not getting that anymore. I think right, and it is such a big momentum changer. Absolutely, absolutely. And if you take... I think they can get it done in a process of keeping drives alive in the so-called just running game, but the home run element is gone. As far as I, that's my my vote we'll would see. be. You yeah, you go more ground and pound rather than being able to hit a home, like you said, hit the big play on the and flip the field on the ground, going from your own twenty to the opponent's thirty or whatever on a any one specific play. I mean. I don't see Madison tearing off sixty-yard runs, Even, and I'm not saying that's not—that's just not his thing. He's more of a grounded pound, twelve, fifteen yards. You know, a twelve, fifteen get... yard for Madison's a good run. You're hoping for four, five, six on a consistent basis. Yeah, and but that, just... that home run we've been used to as Vikings fans, especially having Adrian Peterson, it can it change in any play he can score. Right, and uh, and yeah. Cook has that. He has that gear, and he has that. He had that at Florida State. I watched him a lot at Florida State. Not only was he usually the best player on the field, every game he would get 50 and 60-yard chunk plays every time. That's what he does. That's what he's made of. And if you take that away, I think that's a big part of our offense. Okay. I want to bring into this conversation, we're talking about Cook's extension, right? And he wants all this money. There's still other extensions on the table. We have uh, Anthony Harris that is playing, signed his tender, and is playing under the um, the tender, 11 point something million dollars this year. He would like a long-term extension, and I think that would be valuable. There's also the extension, as Rhino alluded to, what happens if things go south? Our head coach is no longer on contract beyond this year. Our GM is no longer under contract beyond this year. So there's extensions that are expected to be paid. We have 2020, which is absolutely crazy. And we don't know how things are going to go in the fall. As of right now, news today, we're recording this on Monday, the Vikings have opened up TCO Performance Center for up to 60 personnel to come in with special rules, social distancing, special cleaning, temperatures, etc. Drew had a fantastic comment about it this morning. Do you remember what it was? Who are those 60 people, Drew? Dude, I can't even remember what I did an hour ago. You're asking me to remember something from the morning? Yeah. What, was the, what was it? It, went, it was your 60 defensive coordinators, and, and one player was always there. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Was... yeah, Zimmer, the guy that fries up the chicken in the, in the cafeteria that makes all the food. Uh, the cafeteria guy, Zimmer, and the 12 defensive coordinators we have. That'll make up the 14. I didn't know it was 60. We could add some no, more defensive 60. coordinators. That's there, right. We gotta, have the, we, gotta, we gotta have the cooking, the kicking, the coach kicking coach. The, the kicking, kicking coach, co- has, definitely. That's a must. That's a must. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, 
there's another thing we haven't even talked about. How do you, you can only learn so much by via email when you're talking to how are these new corners supposed to learn this system? They're going to get so thrown to the wolves. Come week one, they're going to be on the sidelines like Gladney's going to be going, what in the fuck am I doing out there? It's almost impossible to ask them without having reps, live reps, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's a that's a huge learning curve, especially at corner. Well, yeah. normally this time of year we'd be doing OTAs. OTAs are basically glorified walkthroughs, right? Well, no players are allowed today. When do the players get to come in to the facility? The latest I've seen is they are looking – well, it didn't say anything about players. It said players may be able to, but it's still that limit of 60. Well, what um, are they going to do in there? Play poker? Well, if the players do? came in, I would assume they're seeing the – physical therapy staff right um and maybe the the strength guys when do we get to have practices that's looking to be the latest rumor or reporting is most likely it will not happen to where we see players on the field until camp at the end of july (laughs) i know you're watching (laughs) you know he's watching no, that I guess I guess what I'm saying is when the players show up, some real substance will happen. Some shit will start happening. Right. But it, I mean, it's looking at like the normal camp start time, end of July, first part of August. And the NFL Network talked about each camp having live streams. So there's no is it for pre-season? all of us for Rhino, free. Rhino, no preseason. What are they doing with preseason? I mean. I would guess if they if they've got training camp, they're going to have preseason games. Now, I mean, are, are we still at the four this year? Or did they drop that down this? No, I don't. We're I still at the four. Kind of. Okay, yeah. Next next year it goes down to three or whatever it is, and then they add that extra one. But we do have one extra playoff team for each division this year. Correct. So if the players don't get in there by the end of this month, you can't have preseason. Right? No, if they don't get in by the end of July, they can't start. Coach- Camp in July and have preseason games August. August is when preseason normally starts. Right. And Zimmer's saying if we start camp on time, we will be ready for the season. Well, they're already the, on time's already done. They're not on no, time. They're behind. On time is July, end of July. That's when we're, that's when training camp. We're just starts. we're just not get we're not getting any OTAs and all that other kind of mandatory mini camps and all that other stuff that's usually so, happening at this time of the year. So normally it starts July twentieth or so? Uh, July 29th. Last it's, week of July sometime. Usually, yeah. the last week of July. End of July. My sense of time honest. my sense of time continuum, or whatever you call it, is all screwed up. I always <laughs> thought we started in June. Or, what the hell am I thinking about? OTAs start in June, right? We're thinking of the, the mini camps and the rookie mini camp. After Just give me my rookie! Give me my football! That's all I fucking want! Yeah, it's it's all screwed up. Everybody's out of whack. I'm out of whack. Okay, so camp they get camp going in, in next month. If they're already in the facility today, the coaches and the sixty people, they iron this out for June, a couple weeks into July, we get rolling with that. Then basically everything's gonna run the same except there's not gonna be big crowds of people. We'll have Maybe. camp, we'll have pre preseason will be and, and we're know. not gonna have the OTAs and stuff that the rookies usually have in order to help get acclimated to. So right now they're reading the playbooks and they're doing their Zoom trainings or whatever where, you know, they film themselves doing whatever and then send it to the coaches. Then the coaches come back and tell them what they're doing wrong, which 
there again, okay, you're doing that. Misinterpret three, and they screw that you're, up. And, and you're doing that three hours later or two hours later versus, you know, somebody sitting there barking in your ear when you're doing something wrong to correct it right away. You can forget about what the hell you did three hours ago. I mean, we all know that. I can't remember what I did an hour and a half ago. Right. You know. <clears throat> but, but it's better than nothing. And the whole is. better than nothing test will be tested by the New Orleans Saints because they aren't doing anything. They're not doing any of this cyber training stuff and they're going to what go what position what positions are you guys mostly worried about you know if we have to cut down on the learning curve time uh what positions do you not worried about what positions are you worried about if we're behind on practice time honestly my opinion i'm not as worried as at much of this i mean okay we look at our cornerbacks I mean, Xavier Rhodes was probably the worst cornerback in the league last year. His he was close out of it, the I ones mean, with the minimal. The, the Q, the Q, his QBR is like one twenty eight or something like that. You know, he gave up eighty three percent completion percentage to when they were throwing at him. I mean, you could put one of the three of us out there, and we weren't gonna, aren't going to do a hell of a lot worse than, than Rhodes did last year. Right. So I mean, you know, the biggest thing is okay. Is Hughes going to be healthy with his neck injury? And then you've got Cypress Hill, you've got Chris Boyd, you know, that are have been in the system a little bit anyway. So they're okay, you know, for starters anyway, or they're okay for now. Then you've got Dantzler, you've got Gladney, and you've got everybody else coming in that are going to have to learn on the fly. You know, the other spot that we're maybe going to be a little possible concern with would be right defensive end, you know, with Griffin gone. You know, is Odenabo going to be the guy or is Wanham or, you know, whoever going to be the the guy that steps in to play there? I, you know, I, I it, don't have any issue with it. And I think the harder to learn spots like cornerback or even tackle for that matter, they're going to dumb down the playbook. They're not going to be as intricate as they normally are with a team that's been together for five years and all la la, they're not going to be that. It's going to be more straightforward until these guys pick it up. And I think, well, and that's going to be sooner rather than later. And and that is, that's going to be the thing, you know, with, with your boy, Ezra Cleveland there, Dave, Mm -hmm. you know, is, is he going to play right away now or is, you know, if he's not up to speed, do we go with back to elf line again at, left guard with reef out at tackle until Cleveland gets his feet wet, you know, week four, week five, or whatever it was like we did with uh, O'Neal. You know, that's a big question mark right there. I mean, you know, depending upon this whole Delvin Cook debacle, we may have to cut reef in order to be able to get well, if we want Cook to pay under contract. That kind of money, yeah. I, mean, I right hope, now, God, I hope not. At least right for now, According to Over the Cap, we're at 12 million two hundred and sixty seven thousand five hundred and fifty two in cap space so i mean if cook is looking for 13 plus a year we can't do anything until we either you know get harris to a long-term contract and get him down at 11 point whatever 11.5 whatever he's at on underneath the franchise tag or whether we either restructure reef or cut him all together or what happens there you know there's still a lot of question marks, really, that's going to ha- that need to be answered before we get to training camp. Mm-hmm. I would probably have to say that the secondary 
when I speak of the secondary, I'm probably more talking about the corner. Let, let's not forget, the way the NFL is today, 70% of the time or so, you need three corners out there. It's not like it used to be. It's not anywhere near what it used to be. Two corners cover the game, you know, the side of the field. Two corners whatever. three linebackers. Now it's like almost every snap is, is nickel. So when you're talking corner, we might as well stop talking about who's going to be the two starting corners. We might as well start so saying who's going to be three. the three starting corners. I wasn't so worried about losing Rhodes and Waynes. The guy I didn't want to lose was Mackenzie Alexander. I think losing all three, losing him as opposed to you know the other two guys, that, that's the guy I really wanted to keep, which means we have to get three corners ready to start. Whatever the combination Rhino just said with the guys he just said, secondaries are weird, very weird. I mean, even though we're really strong at safety with Harris and Smith, who got to be right up there with the top safety tandems in the league, your gotta secondary, be the best safety the secondary, tandem. the secondary. If you look at just that back half of the field when you're looking at tape, good secondaries work really well together when they know each other's tendencies. And it's got to be a lot of times Smith is all over the place. When Smith went to the line in the box, the corners knew exactly what to do. And everybody's working off what everybody else is doing. Little addendums are being made. And this guy's covered this guy's ground. This guy's, there's a lot going on. They all, they all kind of work together in the secondary to make one big mold of what's going to work really well. I don't see how you can teach that through a computer and sending somebody some playbook. <laughs> somebody on a virtual level, there's no way you can, especially with new with rookies in there. Well, you get one guy out of place in that secondary, Dave. You know what happens? You got oh, yeah. down the middle for a fucking yeah. touchdown. For a touchdown, I'll trust everybody me. Everybody <laughs> has to cover every. Everybody has to know what's going on. So they may have to dumb it down and tell Harrison Smith, "We can't have you freelancing so much because this guy over here has no fucking clue what you're doing." That's mm-hmm. what I'm worried about. I'm worried about costly mistakes that can end up being a couple touchdowns, which ends up costing you the game. Well, now, you got to remember, the whole league's going through this. Now, where we have the advantage is that our offense is to get basically together, other than Diggs. We're swapping Diggs for Jefferson. Jefferson, we don't expect a Diggs performance, but we're hoping for it, and we expect increases in, like, Irv Smith Jr. and stuff. But basically, the entire offense has been together. They know what they're doing. It's the defense where we have the question marks. The defense, I think, will be dumped out a little bit. I think they will go in with a new, fresh attitude, which I think is needed. And they will do okay. Wait, wait, wait. wait. This is also the same defense since Zimmer's been here that has had to carry us in games. Well, I I agree. And it hasn't been below, like, a top-five defense since... 2015. The defense is responsible for winning the majority of these games the last six years. But last year... The offense has to pick it up and the defense tails off. That's a huge change from what we've been using. Part of the problem with that, though, is that's Zimmer's philosophy, is just have the offense do enough so the defense can win win these games. And he needs to get that out of his mind. That that worked great in the 90s. It doesn't work great anymore. Well, and I think you need to let the it's okay for the offense to score 35, 40 points once in a while. Yes. And I think he's moving towards that. And then if the offense takes that step in producing more points, then the defense were not so wound up tight that the defense has to hold them to the Mendoza line of 17 points. Right. They can, we can let those rookies take their occasional beating because they will. 
They will get beat on one play, and Kittle will streak down the sidelines, and I will slur all night long screaming about it, right? And Ryan will be on the thread going, yeah, it'd be nice if somebody covered that son of a bitch. <laughs> but that's going to happen. Shotgun in this line of being pale ale. Yeah, and it's on the corner. It's so hard with rookie corners. It's hard when you have a full camp when you're a rookie to come in and shred. It's hard. Oh, I agree. So, but last year, with, it's going to happen. We should get ready because Dave's right. It is going to happen. It is going to happen. Gonna but last year, when our corners were playing so poorly, we still were a top five defense. And that top five defense, the reason points-wise, right, points allowed, was because we had Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris back there to cover the mistakes of the guys on the outside. We still have those guys there. That's what gives me comfort. And I think that's where we can step is, that up. Anthony Harris deciding to stay here and not losing him in free agency, is that big right now or what? Oh, that is. That's, that, that's the biggest move of the whole offseason as far as I'm concerned, it's is you. bringing him back. Uh-huh. He led the lead, he tied for the league lead interceptions last year. I mean, well, he we landed all, we all know, technically if you conclude the playoffs. Well, we all know our cornerbacks, we get one interception out of them every six years. Why can't we pick the ball up? What the hell is going on with that? That, that really bothers me. We can't I mean, lose. out of all those bat downs, which, hey, I'm cool, bat down the ball. Seems like Eric Kendrick has more interceptions the last five years than all of our corners combined. Seems Talk like that about guy a great linebacker. Holy yeah. shit. Well, but now. And I think thing, we you know, improved our linebacker core, too. Yeah. And another thing we got to think of, too, now, you know, I, I really like what I'm seeing out of this Lynch kid that we got drafted for defensive tackle you know that's one thing we have missed ever since kevin williams left is having a three tech who can rush the passer you know and seeing watching this kid's tape you know and john randall worked with him you know at the combine and the senior bowl and all this other stuff and randall he said this is one of my boys this is you know and he's got the kid's got a motor the kid it i mean you know, we, we tried it with Sheldon Richardson. That didn't work. Shamar Steffen's a run defender. He can't p- rush the passer. You know, if we got somebody in there who can rush the passer from the three-tech and assuming Odenabo or whoever can put up similar numbers to what Griffin did last year, and, I mean, Odenabo was one sack behind Griffin in a backup role. Yeah, but it's in pressures that mean the most. Right. Sacks are not but pressures mean the most. Right, I mean, Lynch had what thirteen and a half sacks at Baylor. That's incredible. Yeah, he 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 was the uh, he had some fantastic tape on. uh, As an interior defensive lineman, no less. Right. Well, he bounced around there. He played a little end out there at Baylor too. But you know, he was a rover back. But but the fact that his motor never stopped is a true statement. He looked like a little Keith Millard out there. Maybe maybe he had some watt going on. Um, I'm excited about him as well. I mean, really, Vikings. The more I you know, time goes by. I'm happier with this draft. I'm, I think they did well. Not only the volume, but some of the guys they got. A lot of captains on team on on teams. Like Lynch was a captain. Troy Dye was a captain. Well, Metellus wasn't a captain, but he acted like one at Michigan. But they <laughs> they. Uh, I'm really excited about that. We were getting killed. And you talk to Tony Bell. You talk to the machine, Tony Bell. Any kind of Viking. You want to talk anything Vikings. You start talking about the team now, the first thing he always says is, Drew, we're getting killed in the middle on the run. He hates it. It drives him nuts. Because he and I, and you guys as well, you know we've always stood up in the middle. Nobody runs up the middle on us. 
you know, big wow. Jerry Ball. Jerry Ball, man, nobody ran out of that guy, dude. Remember the Williams? Pat all Williams, that kind of... yeah. Well, Seattle, and that's, that's Seattle got what, 220 too. on the ground against us? What they get, 222? The Niners ran for over 200 yards against us. Most of that shit was rips up the interior. they got to be stopped. The interior defense has to be better. Well, and we, I mean, we replaced Linval Joseph, and love the guy, but we replaced him with Michael Pierce, who is Linval younger. Younger. And just as effective, if not maybe a little bit more so. He's got you know, game. He got he, game. He does. He does. That, that I mean, uh, that was probably, aside from the Anthony Harris thing, being able to replace Linval with Pierce, you know, that that was huge. I mean, you know, I was sitting there at a point looking at, okay, we're going to have, uh, who are we going to have as our three-tech? We're going to move Stefan over there. We're going to have Jaleel Johnson playing three-tech or what I mean. That, I mean, I basically was just, ready to walk away from the whole situation there, but getting Pierce in is big. And then now if we have somebody who can rush out of the three tech spot, you know, you get pressure with your front four that opens stuff up. The linebackers can help cover the tight ends and everything else while your cornerbacks are learning on the fly, so to speak, you know, so there's a lot of what ifs, but if it goes right, we could be fine. But, you know, we're Vikings fans. When does anything ever go right? Ah, it's going to go right. 2020 is so crazy. Christopher Gates called for James Lynch to be a starter day one uh, from the Daily Norseman, Chris, Christopher Gates. If Christopher Gates, you know, is giving you a spicy hot take, you should probably give him a chance. You listen to that because he knows I his could, football. I could buy into that. I mean, I <clears throat> personally, I'd love to see it because, I mean, Shamar Stefan is just, nah, as far as I'm, I mean, He's, yeah, he's, he's a guy. He's a guy. We're he's the top not... three wide receivers. Our or, or, or who are wide receiver one, two, and three? One, yeah. two, and, one two, and three. One is out of Adam Thielen. Right. Then you're going to have Justin Jefferson's going to be your two. And then your three is going to be either Tajay Sharp or BC Johnson. I'm going to I'm going to say Sharp right now just because he's got a little more experience and been out there a little bit longer than BC being number four. But – who knows? Yeah, but you get the fanboys that go, Chad Beebe, Chad Beebe. You know, I don't. Fa- Fabergé you know, egg boy. Yeah. Turn this, turn this Chad Beebe thing over to Ted Glover. You want, you want to talk about Chad Beebe? You let Ted Glover tell you talk about him for about five minutes. You'll be rolling. <laughs> I, I agree with everything. Hey, Ted, you're absolutely right about him. Guys on the IR all the time. Get him spicy, out of here. Spicy hot take. Chad Beebe ain't making a 53. <laughs> That's Whoa. not a spicy hot take. Okay, it's it's white bread with uh, butter on it. That's, that's kind of a take. Man, I miss talking football with you guys. This is tremendous. I really appreciate the time. This is great. With that, we're going to wrap this show up. And as always, we allow our guests to say something first. Tell us what's happening in Fargo and what you want to express to the viewers of Good Morning Gallup. Fargo's Fargo. I guess, like I told you earlier, it's uh, hotter than Mila Kunis in a bikini contest out here right now. I can't we're, even have uh, that. 90, <laughs> 95 degrees and hot and humidity. We're dealing with, had some tornadoes and thunderstorms in the area last night and looking at some more again tonight. 95. But, uh, but other than that, Fargo's Fargo. I mean, I can't wait to get back <laughs> to some real sports here again, you know, whether it's got fans or not. As long as we're playing football, I don't give a shit. I just want to see football. You know, whether it's the college stuff with the Bison starting back up, you know, going for number nine this year, you know, 
the FBS type football and more importantly the Vikings. I mean, that's right. <clears throat> skull one hundred percent. Let's roll forward. Absolutely, Drew. You got any last words? I had something planned out, but I'm I, I lost my train of thought on Mila Kunis. <laughs> I, you know what? I'd call her if it wasn't for the restraining order. No, I will say this, and don't get me shut about ninety-five degrees. It's this Sacramento's like Satan's butthole. All right, it's like one hundred and twenty here all the time. I will say this: two twenty has delivered its best shot on us. We got a lot of shit going on right now. Uh, virus, civil unrest, whatever. The second half, we're going to deliver a punch back, and we're going to get our football going. And hopefully we'll get everything on track. It feels part of my normalcy is having shows like this. So I appreciate you guys coming on because I need my football fix. I am a junkie. My name is Drew Bunting. I'm a football alcoholic. I'll be the first guy to admit it. <laughs> so I really appreciate the time. And as always, meow, meow, Viking cow. And that's when you do the cow sound. Yes, and it goes through. <laughs> Not to tell the greatest producer in show history how to do the show, but that's. That's where you insert that cow, Davey. Yeah, I got it. All right, everybody. It is 2020. 2020's been crazy. Our buddy and our pal, Ted Glover, isn't here, but he's always welcome on Good Morning Gallahorn. It's yes, a part can. of him. Ted's worried about not being enthusiastic about this season. Ted, Come on back, Ted. There's always turnover in football. It's just a little bit less in pro than it is in, say, college. But there is. I have full faith in the Minnesota Vikings this year. 2020 is crazy, and it might, might be just crazy enough to get us all the way to the Super Bowl. Skull, everybody!